Ciao, everyone. Welcome to the Cannabis Marketing Live podcast, where we cover the latest marketing trends and strategies that are most effective in growing your cannabis dispensary, delivery service, or brand. This podcast is sponsored by MediaGel. MediaGel is a cannabis marketing company that helps cannabis brands advertise through SEO, paid search, and programmatic advertising to increase revenue. MediaGel has a compliant ad network of 75,000 publishers including mainstream news sites, meme sites, dating, gaming, and music streaming apps, and they all welcome cannabis ads. I'm your host, Guillermo Bravo, and today we'll be discussing how cannabis retailers can take advantage of SEO with a self-hosted e-commerce menu. I'm super excited to introduce Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy is a cannabis thought leader and business development manager at Dispense. Welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Guillermo. Nice, nice to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. Uh, how's everything at Dispense? How's everything with you? It's good. It's good. Uh, summer, summer in the Midwest is always a beautiful time, and uh, um, Dispense is cruising along, bringing on lots of new clients right now, and uh, full full force with our SEO efforts uh, throughout our whole entire client list. Awesome. Well, good to hear. And we're, we're going to dive in deep into SEO today. So let's, let's kick it off and let's, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the data behind SEO. Um, so I guess to kick it off, you know, what percentage of cannabis consumers find a dispensary through, let's say, a, a Google brand search versus a dispensary near me type search term on Google? Yeah, well, I, I think the most in, important thing there is, uh, you know, pr- bring it back one step. What percentage yep. of consumers find a dispensary through through Google search? And it's it's a lot of them, right? I mean, any any time in today's day and age when you're looking for something, you're going to Google first and foremost on your phone. Uh, so that that's number one. But then from there, uh, right now we're still seeing. I, I think the majority of uh, clicks are coming from either uh, dispensary near me terms or branded dispensary terms. Uh, you know, if somebody's looking for a specific retailer, they're going to type in that retailer's name uh, plus dispensary or cannabis or near me. So that, that's how most uh, dispensaries are being found through Google. Uh, but there is a growing amount of searches for brand product and strain related searches that consumers are, are looking for nowadays. Yeah, I was just taking a look at some data before we hopped on, and uh, I was looking at a, about a year and a half's worth of data from Google Search Console for one of our brand for one of our retailers, and they had about sixty uh, percent of their searches were branded terms, so people who already knew their dispensary name. Thirty yep. percent uh, was dispensary dispensary near me near me terms, and then the remaining ten percent was strains, brand products. Etc. So yeah, that that lines up. Yeah, I, and you know, about a about a year ago in early 2021, Leafly published a report um, saying that 40% of the traffic to Leafly.com was from brand, product, and strain-related searches. Uh, so right there, that just shows the the amount of power those those queries have there. Yeah, and then one differentiator between like Leafly and WeMaps is that Leafly is heavily focused on product information and reviews, right? So they typically rank number one or they rank above WeMaps across the board for a lot of those brand searches, strain searches, because they have, the, I mean, they were they were created with that in mind, right? They wanted to provide all this like really deep 
insights into actual strain information and product information, the effects that they have on your on your body. So uh, that's one clear like differentiator between those two platforms. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no shortage of like those marketplace platforms nowadays. If you if you yeah. do Google any sort of brand product or strain related search, you're going to see uh, everything from weed maps and leafly to, you know, all bud, uh, ask hoodie, Dutchy, Jane, you, it, it runs the gamut before you even yeah. see a retailer search result for the most part. Well, let's talk about e-commerce because this is, you know, one core element of, of SEO. Like what are the benefits of using a, a cannabis e-commerce menu platform? Yeah, so <clears throat> like as a, a native platform, is that what you're asking about there? Yeah, I mean, let's well, let's talk about native. Well, let's talk about what's the difference between a native platform and a third-party platform. Let's start there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I would say that um, you know most most cannabis retailers are on what I call third-party platforms. They're they're kind of a hybrid of a marketplace, uh, but then they offer a solution for. Uh, uh, your menu. Um, and so that's going to be, again, Weed Maps, Leafly, Dutchy, Jane, uh, they're, they're marketplaces, but they do offer a solution for retailers to list on their website. And most often that solution is through an iframe. Um, and the, the big drawback of that iframe is that none of that content within that iframe is being um, counted towards your URL and domain. It's being counted towards the, the host. Um, so if you're listing with a, a Dutchy iframe or a Weedmaps iframe on your website, all of that content that's in there is being pointed at weedmaps.com, for example. Yeah. Um, so you're, you're losing out on tons of content um, that you could be leveraging uh, to rank, you know, increase your domain authority and rank higher, not only for those terms, um, but all the terms overall, especially things like dispensary near me. Um, on, the, on the flip side, a dedicated platform. Um, there's only a handful in cannabis right now. Uh, you've, of course, uh, got us at Dispense, uh, but then you have a couple other platforms like uh, Ola and Timber um, in, in the United States as well that are doing this kind of stuff. Um, and, and the real difference there is that all of the content from those platforms are part of the site itself. There's no iframe. It's actually there. It's hosted on it. And all that content is attributed to your website. Um, and then on, on top of it, you get full insight into the analytic and like user journey. Uh, iframes are very difficult to track uh, through like a Google Analytics, for example. And when you have everything broken out into uh, specific product pages, you can track that user journey a lot better. So you can really understand what customers are doing on your website and where there might be drop-offs there. Yeah, you have a more you have a, a more robust view into the actual customer journey of the customer of the you know the, the consumer because you'll be able to see not only how they interact with your your website but also your e-commerce menu and you know how many people are abandoning the abandoning cart how many people are maybe leaving because they've they're not seeing you know not seeing the right product catalog so there's a lot of we'll, we'll dive in deeper into this on the google analytics side and looking at the customer journey but there's a lot to a lot of value uh, that can be uh, leveraged, you know, from actually owning that data from a yeah. self-hosted menu. And 
you know, one thing is that, yeah, I know that Jane, Jane and Dutchie both have like a headless approach. Um, So they do, you do have the ability to kind of build the same thing, but you'll have to build it custom within those platforms. And that may take a, you know, an investment from one of your developers and it'll be a lot of upfront costs. Whereas in, uh, let's say you pay for like dispenser timber, you're going to pay like a flat monthly fee. So there's some differences between the two. One, you'll pay a flat fee, you own it in house. The alternative, you'll uh, you can you know pay for a subscription to to be used. Yeah, yeah. Used for, for those who are more familiar with like the the wider world of e-commerce, I compare it to like a Magento versus like a Shopify. You know, Magento is is great. Um, they have a ton of benefits to it, but there's a lot of custom work and upkeep with it. Um, and that comes with a lot of additional overhead and cost. And so having something that works out of the box and is more of a managed service has its advantages, especially for the, the smaller retailers who might not have that bandwidth budget or, or those overall resources to make that happen. Yeah. And you need the time, right? It's going to take, uh, it's going to take a long time to, to actually build out the e-commerce menu and it could take you know 90 days to actually get something like that off the ground. So just be aware of that when you're, you're kind of going through this process. <clears throat> well, let's circle back, you know, to first party data. Like how valuable is first part the first party data that you're gathering from a self-hosted menu? Yeah, that, that's another big sticking point um, versus like these these third party providers, right? Like you say you're hosting your your menu with like a weed maps or a leafly. Um, you get you get access to that data, uh, but you're limited in what they're willing to show you. And then on top of that, um, those providers also get access to that data. Um, and so the, the you know the the point of a marketplace like a, a weed maps or a leafly is to to sell cannabis to consumers, kind of regardless of what storefront it's through. Um, so you you have to think about that when you're you know listing with one of these platforms. Do you want uh, these marketplaces to have access to your customers' data, how much they're spending, what brands they like? Um, so that first data, that first party data is really, really valuable for everyone. <laughs> everybody mm-hmm. wants it. Everybody wants to know what people, what brands people prefer, uh, how much they're spending on average, what brands they're leaving in their carts. And you know, I, I think for a retailer taking ownership of that data um, and really being able to analyze it is, you know, there's no limit to the value there. There's so much you can gain from that knowledge. Agreed. Agreed. And as far as the the difference between, you know, like a, a, a menu that is indexed versus a, let's say an iframe, uh, like how much does this impact the indexability of your website? Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good question. So um, I actually, right before this, was just uh, doing some comparisons. Um, you know, there, there's a when you're talking about in talking about indexability, there's a lot of metrics that we could go by, but one of them is like the amount of ranking keywords your website has. Um, so, for example, um, I pulled up the data for Ascend Wellness, which is one of our largest clients at Dispense, and they rank for about sixteen thousand different keywords right now. Um, whereas I, then I pulled up the data for, uh, sweet flower, which is one of the largest, um, retailers in the state of California. They're running on a Jane iframe and they're only ranking for about 
2,500 keywords right now. Um, a SkyMint in Michigan, the, the largest retailer in Michigan right now. Um, yeah. Well, maybe Lumen SkyMint can kind of go back and forth. Um, either, either way, one of the largest retailers in Michigan right now um, on Dutchie's iframe, they're only ranking for about 3,500 keywords right now. Um, so you can really see the difference between that iframe and a more native menu platform. Um, you know, a client of yours, my, uh, Haven in California, they use a more native platform and they rank for about 5,000 keywords um, because they use that. So almost, you know, two to three times more than that iframe platform there. And then what are you using for the source of this data? Is that SEM Rush or another platform? Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at SEM Rush. It's, um, you know, all of this is public data that if, you, if you're interested, SEM Rush is my preferred source of it. You can get, go on there, sign up for an account um, and kind of get, get uh, data from across a whole bunch of different retailers that you can analyze. It's good to know. It's good to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So just kind of adding more to, to that, you know, uh, by by using a, a menu that is indexable by Google, you're going to allow your, your product pages, your product categories, brand pages, all that will be indexed. And by index, meaning Google's crawlers will find that page on your website and then give you credit for that page. And they'll associate that page with related keywords. And then those keywords will potentially, show, so you'll show up for those same keywords when people are searching for those products on Google. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty much, it's making sure that your website is being read properly by Google. And you can do that if you're using a self-hosted menu. And then by doing yeah. that, you get, you get access to all these different individuals that are searching for a product, brand, category, et cetera. Yeah, one of, one of my favorite like concrete examples uh, for anybody that might be still a little confused by that is um, one of the most popular brands in the country right now is Jeter. Um, they make really high quality, consistent pre-rolls. And they, I think nationally, they see somewhere around like 30 to 40,000 searches per month. Um, and so like if you're on an iframe, if you're a retailer and you're on an iframe menu, and somebody searches for where do I get G or pre-rolls, your, your website is not going to show up for that. Um, because, but what is going to show up is Weed Maps, Dutchie, Leafly, et cetera, you know. But if you are uh, on, a, on a native hosted menu and you, you own that content, uh, when somebody searches where do I get Jeter near me, you're gonna, you are going to show up on that search and hopefully you'll even show up in the Google Maps 3-pack. Um, so that, that's the benefit right there is that you, you show up immediately and customers can find you and either purchase online or, or get directions to your store. Great. Now this is, this is awesome. I'm going to actually share my screen so people can see, uh, some of this here. So I just pulled up, pulled up, uh, ARES and then, so this is ARES. I just put in myhavenstores.com. In ARES, this is my preferred tool. And then they have 5,300 keywords that are being indexed for that, for that keyword. And then you're using SEM Rush, right? So this is yeah. uh, SEM Rush, and you'll find something similar here. So you'll see 5,200 keywords is what they're being indexed for at that, 
uh, at that domain name. <clears throat> so this is where you would go to, you type in any domain name. Uh, let's look at, uh, is there another one that you said ascend? Yep, uh, it's letsascend.com. Let's ascend. All right. So you can just type in any any name, any website, and you'll be able to see which their coverage is. So yeah, they have twenty thousand seven hundred. So they have a lot of a lot of organic traffic coming to their website. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And by adding, so here's another thing: um, if you don't have a self-hosted menu now, that's fine. Uh, you know, continue to build up your your authority and trust of your website, you know, continue to build backlinks, continue to invest in on-page SEO. And then once you're ready and you can transition to a self-hosted menu uh, by, by already investing in SEO before, this is just gonna piggyback off what you already done. So uh, the way that SEO works is like you're building your trust and authority at the top of your entire domain name. And then as that increases authority, any new content that you create will rank as well. So it's, um, you know, it, there's a lot of benefits to, to investing in SEO in general to rank for those dispensary near keywords and for your brand keywords, but then also keeping in mind that, you know, there's always opportunities when it comes to SEO. So, you know, as you uh, maybe launch your self-hosted menu, then you'll start to see the benefits of some of those brand product and category searches come in. And if you can't wait to, to do that, maybe just choose a couple brands that are your top selling products and write a blog post about it just in the interim. Yep. And then once you launch your menu, then you can just copy that content over to that brand page and you'll be all set. <clears throat> there's actually, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm in Michigan. Um, and so there's a great example of like the blog content, for example, if you, if you're in Detroit and you Google Jeter pre-rolls, um, you know, none of the search results, the, the top search results are weed maps, uh, Hey MJ, Dutchy, Leafly. Um, and well, then let's do that right now. So G Jeter's and yeah. where Jeter, Jeter do, do Jeter pre-rolls, uh, search for Jeter pre-rolls. And then in Detroit, um, I, I can share my screen too if I, I have it pulled up, if that works. All right, there you go. So this is yeah. what I'm seeing. Yeah, so we've got a couple of stores in the three pack right there, which is great. So, um, one, so one trick is that if you do have a top brand that you're selling in your store, you should definitely ask a customer to mention it in the review. That's gonna help big yeah. time and ranking on a local level for that. So that's a, a trick uh, to get to the top rankings. But go ahead, yeah. Jeremy. <laughs> and you can you can actually see if you scroll back up to the top really quick, um, the reason that JARS is showing up is because of that review that, that Guillermo yeah. was mentioning there. Um, JARS, JARS is on an iframe menu and they otherwise probably wouldn't show up in that three pack if somebody hadn't mentioned that review. So that, that's a major point right there. Um, but as you scroll down, you can see um, you know, obviously Jeter.com shows up, some news articles, uh, but then I'm, I'm guessing here we'll get into, yep, a Dutchy menu, a Weed Maps menu, um, Weed Maps store again. Yeah. You know, my, my results are a little bit different. Um, yeah, you want to show me yours? Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Um, let's go. 
Here we go. Share. All right. So here's here's mine right here. Um, so what? And th this is a little trick actually too. Um, so you can you can either search for like Jeter pre rolls in Detroit, or if you go into the URL, you can search. You can put in your search query, and then you can put and near equal Detroit. And um, when you do that, it'll automatic Google will automatically show you localized results for that city. Um, so that's that's another little trick that I like to use when you're trying to get those localized search results. Um, so this is literally what somebody would see if they were in Detroit searching for Jeter pre-rolls. And you'll you'll notice again, um, you know, we've got Hey MJ, Dutchie, Metro Times article, Leafly, and then at the very bottom, you see the higher path. And this is actually a dispensary in California. Yeah, it's because <laughs> we do SEO for them. So that's why they're ranking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and when you click on it, the the link that it goes to is a blog article about Jeter's. Yep. So it doesn't even go to the product page. It goes to the blog article. So good, good job, Guillermo. You made that happen. <laughs> um, but that that shows the power of those blog articles. So like Guillermo was saying, if you if you can't put the time and energy into a native menu right right off the bat, maybe you're just using like a free weed maps listing for the time being. You can write an article and you can rank. Um, as you can see, you gotta you got somebody ranking in California for a local Detroit search there. <laughs> so that, that is, that is a powerful tool to blog alone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, I mean, let's talk, start talking about SEO. I mean, I, I definitely wanted to cover the top ranking factors for SEO. Uh, so I want to start kind of going through that. Uh, the, the first one's going to be on-page optimization, right? So when you're creating, your website, you want to make sure that you are optimizing the site for, for search engines. That means creating unique content. That means uh, marking up the right pages with schema and rich snippets and having yeah. the right website architecture. And, but not only that, you know, also in linking internally uh, to all the different core pages of your website, ensuring that, you know, you're your main location pages are being indexed, that your brand pages are being indexed, categories and individual products. Uh, and you'll definitely want to set this up with Google Analytics and Google Search Console. Uh, so those are two platforms that you should set up so that you can get true visibility into how your SEO rankings uh, are progressing, whether they're going up or going down as far as your ranking position or, uh, you know, around your total clicks to the website, like all these different, all these different items are going to be listed there. Uh, and I'll show you some of these core elements right now, actually, let me just pull up uh, mission. It's easier to, to show than uh, tell. So just yeah. Yes. So for example, number one, uh, every location that you have, if you're an MSO, should have its e its own individual page. So each location should have its own individual page, uh, even if you have mul multiple locations per city. So make sure that each of these has its page. You can see that the URL, I have dispensaries in the URL. I have the city name or state, and I have the city name in there. So there's a there's a, there's a reason that we have this in there. So we wanna make sure that Ann Arbor Marijuana Dispensary is in the title tag in the URL. We wanna make sure that it's here, right? And the title tag here, so Ann Arbor, 
I would actually suggest to change this to Ann Arbor Cannabis Dispensary uh, yeah. if they were to really maximize this page. And then a couple of things that we do, uh, we add the amenities. So this is almost like replicating your Google, uh, your Google My Business profile. <clears throat> and then we have manual directions in here. So this is all helpful in associating that actual page and that location with the city. Yeah. Same thing here, Ann Arbor, Michigan. We have some, uh, you know, attractions at University of Michigan here and so on. So, and then I would actually recommend adding some more SEO content, like a content block here. Uh, so when you're searching for Ann Arbor dispensary in that area, then you kind of have everything in place. And like I said, the, the hierarchy has an impact. So locations, you know, having all this, this template as far as URLs is, you know, preferred when trying to rank for some of these terms. Yeah. And one note on that too, you know, you mentioned uh, how they've got the marijuana dispensaries in there. It's you really, even your keywords, you have to think local with, you know, some yeah. on the West coast, you know, this, I'm not sure how accurate this is, but it's just an example on the West coast, people might search for marijuana more than cannabis, but then in, maybe in the Midwest, people are searching for cannabis more than marijuana. So you really need to know your local audience and what they're searching for. And you can do that through tools like Google search trends um, to find out, you know, are more people searching for marijuana or are more people searching for cannabis? And then I was just about to do that. <laughs> Let's do it now. Marijuana and cannabis. There you go. Cannabis you is used on the West Coast and marijuana is okay. used everywhere else. Yeah, I had, I had it backwards. <laughs> well, it's yeah. probably because we've been in the adult use market for so long. And as cannabis professionals on the West Coast, I know that we've been exclusively using cannabis because we want to get away from marijuana yeah. because of the associations uh, with drug policies and racism and whatnot. So yeah. Um, but the rest of the country hasn't caught on, right? So they they only know marijuana. So it's going to take some time for the rest of the country to really catch on and start using those terms. And and one thing to keep in mind too when you're doing SEO is that they're synonyms. So if you type in like cannabis dispensary and marijuana dispensary, they're pretty much show the same results uh, yeah. for those when people are searching. I, I, I want to give some credit to the Midwest. Uh, Michigan just changed the from the marijuana regulatory agency to the cannabis regulatory agency. So we're we're uh, <laughs> we're Good pushing man. the Midwest forward here, <laughs> one one day one thing at a time. Um, but yeah, some some credit there. But yeah, the um, you know, like you said, the URL structure is incredibly important. But then so so is the schema and and making sure that the page is marked up and pointing Google specifically to certain things. Um, and that's that's something that I think a lot of cannabis retailers don't do um, a ton of right now unless they have the help of an SEO agency. Um, or in our case, we automatically point Google uh, to that structured data and schema, both on the product level and store level. Um, so you don't even have to set that. Uh, yep. And there's some, when you do that, you, you see some pretty major results from that kind of stuff. So it's, it's important to remember to set your schema and structured data accurately for Google there. Yeah. And then the last thing I wanted to bring up in, in regards to your SEO is like you can do your on-page optimization. You can, you can build an amazing website. It's indexed by Google, but until you get backlinks to it, until you build the authority, then no one's going to see it. 
Yeah. So uh, I just pulled up Let's Ascend because that's one of your partners here and I'm just using AREFs. But I just wanted to showcase a few things that um, you know people don't understand about the SEO process is that it is a long-term process, number one. This is earned media, right? You're not paying for advertising. You're earning this by building up the trust and authority and relevancy of your website to what people are searching for. And Google has become so massive because they are the trusted resource for people to actually find that relevant information. So Google makes their money because they have the most advanced algorithm and they're getting people the best results. So that's what you need to keep in mind. So if you really want to build your trust and authority, you need to get backlinks from other domain names to your website. And I'll talk a little bit about that, but backlinks is essentially, I'll just go to this website here. If I'm on a website and I click on something that's going to a third party site, let's just uh, let's just say I click on find a store and then it would take me to another website. That is a backlink. So a backlink is a link from one website pointing to another. Uh, and you want to get as, as many backlinks as possible, but it's not necessarily the volume, it's the quality, quality yeah. of the domain that it's coming from. So for Ascend, we have 20,200 backlinks with from 764 referring domains, which has resulted in organic traffic. It looks like uh, 17,800 keywords and over 111,000 visitors from organic traffic with the domain rating of 40. So that's what investing in SEO really gets you, right? Like you have to build long-term over that authority. So let's look at a two-year time frame here. You can see yeah. when, so Ascend started back here. So the referring domains is in blue, organic traffic is in orange, and then I can unclick that and I can click on organic traffic value as well. So let's look at uh, organic pages actually. Ooh, there's <laughs> a little uptick there. Yeah. So then I'm going down here, Organic traffic's in orange. So you can see as that has increased over time and you can see that is related to the total number of referring domains that have been coming in. So as you're get, building your SEO and you're building your authority and you're getting links from other high authority websites, you can see that the there's a correlation between organic traffic and the number of referring domains that you're getting links from. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. their pages was very light. So you can see the organic pages is only 45. And then it looks, this is probably when uh, I started with Dispense that shot up from 50 all the way up to almost 10,000 pages. Yeah, that, so that, that little bump there that you see is at the beginning of May. Um, and that's when Ascend switched we, from our, our iframe solution to our native menu solution. Um, and so that's when every single product that they carry got its own individual page. And you can see the effect that that had right there. Um, pretty, pretty serious things. And you can even kind of see towards the end of July that that effect, you, you see the immediate effect. There, there, there's getting, the one month right there. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you see the immediate effect of getting all that, that increased organic pages, but then you start over time after a couple months, you start to see the real results from that. So after a couple months, you start to see the increased amount of impressions on Google, the increased amount of clicks through Google, 
the higher click-through rate because your average position is going up for all those terms. Um, and then of course that leads to the, the end goal, which is increased revenue and more sales for your company there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to pause here a little bit. We do have some questions for the audience. Cool. Uh, I have Hannah Page Michaels was asked a few questions before. How long does it take to see results from SEO strategies? Yeah, I, I feel like uh, I feel like we kind of we we just kind of talked about that a little bit, but um, it it, it kind of comes in waves. Like you can see the immediate results of adding content and ranking for keywords. Um, but then some of the real results, like the, the end goal, like increased revenue, it could take anywhere from, I would say, 30 to 90 days. Um, but you're, you're always, the cool thing about SEO is like the more you invest in it, the, you know, I, I, it's like the stock market, you know, time in SEO beats time in Google. You can't, you can't fight Google. You can't, um, you can't like game it. You just have to keep doing it to really get the benefit from it. Um, so the longer you do it, the more benefit you'll see. Yeah. And it's a, it's a long-term play, right? So I look at everything on a quarterly basis. So I'm looking to improve my organic traffic and my keyword rankings on a quarterly basis. And that compounds over time, right? So as you build your authority, you can reach these different tiers, right? So you maybe you're a brand new store, right? And you have no presence online. So you, first of all, you need to introduce your brand to Google so that they'll start to index you. And then maybe they'll start to, they'll, they'll put you sometimes in these little, uh, they put these like in these little uh, slots where they'll give you rankings for a little bit and see how people react. And then they'll drop you down a little bit. Um, but as you build your trust and authority, you will hold those positions that they give you. So, yeah. you know, one thing is you, get, you have to be really patient with SEO. Uh, it is by far the best marketing channel that you can leverage as a cannabis retailer or delivery service. There's no one, no other marketing channel that even compares to the sheer volume and revenue that's generated from Google. So just keep that in mind. Like it's, if you're trying to generate a million dollars from your SEO campaign on a monthly basis, then you got to invest to get there. You can't invest yeah. $5,000 in SEO and expect a million dollars in revenue. Like it's not how it works. You, you yeah. don't expect that from anyone else and it's wrong to expect that from SEO. Um, so, you know, keep that in mind. So I would, I would give it, you know, six months to 12 months to really see the impact and be patient. Uh, and I'll say like straight up, if you're, if you're spending less than $5,000 in SEO per month, don't expect much. I mean, you're probably using an outsourced company in India. Uh, and like I mentioned, it's, you need to build the authority of your website. You need to build the trust. And that's all done through building high quality links from third-party sites. And if you're paying a lower rate for SEO, you're probably going to be receiving some fraudulent or spam links, which can then hurt your website in the end. So you get what you pay for. Uh, when it comes to SEO. And actually, Hannah asked this question next. Can, can SEO be automated or outsourced? Uh, I'll answer that question. It can be, uh, let's see, so automated, no, because there's no way for you to automatically generate content and then automatically build links. So 
definitely a hard no on that. Yes, it can be outsourced. Uh, if you can use a third party and agency, you can use a marketing company, you can use a consultant. Um, but there is a lot of scammers out there when it comes to SEO. And like I said, you get what you pay for. So I would definitely look at the reputation of some of these third party companies that you're looking to work with. Um, before you, you move down the line, uh, work starting the campaign. And I would set aside at least $5,000. I don't care if you're a small store to a medium store. $5,000 really is the minimum for SEO to like see any lift because all, all the efforts and everything that I have mentioned about building your authority, doing all these technical work, you either have to pay someone in-house to do that, or you need to pay a third party to do that. And engineers aren't cheap. So yeah. you really have to keep that in mind. Um, I would, I, I would, I would put a caveat in the automation side of things. Um, okay. There, I'm gonna. I'll share my screen really quick here, um, just to give a, a, an example. But um, so, like with the with product data, we're able at Dispense, we're able to automate a, a large portion of your SEO. And the way that we do that is by pulling information directly from your POS system. Um, so you can see, like if I if I Google, this is a. Uh, localized to Boston. So if I Google ED Parker pre-roll and I'm in Boston, um, you can see the first couple of results here, uh, marketplace, um, I Heart Jane and marketplace, a proper high. But then right below that is um, a send a dispense menu. And you'll, a couple of things you'll notice, um, you, you see the nice photo in there. Um, that's because we're using structured data to point Google to that. Um, but all of the information that is in this page is being pulled directly from the POS so that the customer is not having to input any of this. Um, even, even down to like the, the, um, in the, when you hover over the page title there, you know, it, it's, it's um, automatically pulling the product name, uh, the brand name and the location of that store. Um, and then, you know, the, through, throughout there, where anything that's coming from the POS, again, even your, your THC, CBD details, and if there was terpenes in here, you would see that, um, that would be included in the description. So there's, there's ways to automate it, um, but that, that information has to be coming from somewhere, right? Um, so it's, in this case, it's coming from the POS, but then when you, when you do get down to like the more nitty gritty stuff, like creating, uh, location-based pages like Guillermo was showing earlier, like that stuff you actually have to take the time and manually write it out. Um, but when, you, when you're selling products, there, there are some fun tricks to, to automate there. Yeah, I would say that there, so the caveat to that is uh, anytime that you're using, so there, there is advantages to using the automated system like that, but then there's downsides. So, um, Unique content is always king, right? So if you do have the time to invest, to write your own product description, then that is going to also help your product page rank better. Yeah. So that's a big undertaking, I know. Uh, but if you do have the capacity to actually do that in-house, then that's going to give you a huge leg up on your competition. Yeah. One of, one of the fun things that we do on our end in our SEO settings is we, we allow you to set your, your product description and your page description. And 
we have different variables that you can pick from. Um, so you can kind of compose a unique product description by saying like, hey, I want to include the terpene details and I want to include the brand details and THC details and we'll automatically pull that information. Um, but somebody else could easily just copy that strategy, obviously. So it, it does pay to like go full unique description and title and all that stuff there. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, let's switch, switch gears a little bit here. I definitely want to spend some time talking about uh, e-commerce tracking and, and why that's uh, another fundamental part of your, your business that you need to set up so that you can make like clear decisions on what's working and what's not. So I'm going to pull up my screen here and kind of go walk through uh, Google Analytics. So the first thing, first thing that you're going to want to do is you'll, you'll want to set up uh, Google Analytics for your shopping cart. So you'll want to make sure that you uh, set up Google Analytics for your website and for your shopping cart, but then you connect Google Analytics to um, to both of those to the same account. And the end result is going to be this. And uh, one thing I want to mention is that this is the uh, original Google Analytics platform. They Google is moving to the GA4 platform, I believe starting around this time next year. They'll be sunsetting yeah. GA, uh, this uh, urchin Google Analytics. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> um, but talking about the, the KPIs and, and what we should actually be tracking here. So number one, you need to set up your e-commerce tracking so that you get access to these three columns of Google Analytics your e-commerce conversion rate, the number of transactions that have been placed on your website in that time period, and the amount of revenue generated from those channels. So you'll be able to see, you know, from this, for this partner, I did this for the last year, uh, Google Organic alone. So Google Organic is gonna be traffic to, uh, I like what you did there. How did you do this? You did, Jeter's. Oh, so if, you, so if you just do Jeter and then at, in the URL structure, um, after the and, like Jeter and, if you delete everything after that. Near equals. Near equals city. Detroit. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yeah, so I can see that here. So this is an uh, organic result. So someone clicks here and goes to the website. And for this partner... Google Organic alone made up, it looks like 37% of their traffic, but 45% of their revenue. So when I say this is your top marketing channel, like the numbers are here to support that, right? Yeah. And I, I often see for a lot of our clients, I see that, you know, you it, this adds up pretty well. You've got 45% of your revenue, but I often see like, Google organic is, you know, 60 to 70% of their traffic and 50% of their revenue. Um, yeah. it's, it's definitely not uncommon in the cannabis industry for it to be that big of a, a source of income for these, for these dispensers. Yeah. So this is all organic traffic. So that's 47% right there. Um, yeah. but yeah, of the revenue direct traffic, it looks like paid search, uh, is about 3%. And then there's other, uh, so there's some differences here. So source medium actually shows you the, 
the referring domain or the channel. So you can see like Google Organic, Google CPC, uh, banner ads. So this is uh, programmatic advertising, some referrals from Houseplant, their Google My Business listing. Uh, this is their Spring Big campaign. So you can see where the revenue is coming from. But this is where it gets real, real, uh, real sexy on the data side. Uh, you can go in and you can start to see, you know, how uh, all the channels support each other. So you can see the breakup of direct traffic, organic, and email marketing, and how those three channels specifically have supported a sale. And you can see how they overlap here. And then you can look at assisted conversions. So you can see of all the traffic to your website, you can see how many people came in through last click uh, conversions. And last click meaning someone clicks on this result, they go to your website, and then they make a purchase on that same session. So that's called last click. Yeah, even though they might have been hit with an email or an SMS previous to that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So then in addition to what I showed you before that 47% of revenue, they're also getting, uh, you know, a lot of assisted conversions in this as well. Meaning that Google organic search or just organic search as a whole was part of the customer journey. And I'll show you what that looks like here. Uh, so this is the top conversion pass. So this is the, the top customer journeys that people made to actually make, make a purchase. So the top one's gonna to be two direct visitors. Second one's gonna be organic search. So they find us through organic search and then they directly come to the website. Yeah. So you can see the, the breakup of all these and it can get pretty in depth, but you can see the direct traffic and organic are the top two by far. Like there's not even anything in the top. There you go. Referral, email, email. So you get full visibility into everything here. Uh, you can also get uh, time lag and days. So like the days between each of those conversions or the visitor and actually them making a purchase. So this is all like really valuable information that you should have access to as a cannabis uh, retailer. Yeah. And you can and look at, yeah. Go yeah ahead. On, on that note, like you, you lose a lot of that access, like especially that e-commerce access, you lose a lot of it if you are working with an iframe-based menu. Um, it, it doesn't come through well, quite as much. I'll correct you on that. So you can on certain iframe menus. So you yeah. can layer you can layer on uh, if they have the ability to integrate with like Google Tag Manager, Google Analytics. There's yeah. some of the marketplaces allow you to do that. Others don't. One thing you want to keep in mind is you never want to send anyone to a third-party website to check out because then you'll never get to see this full experience and how people yeah. engage with your website. Yeah, I guess I should have, I should have uh, put a caveat in there. It depends on which <laughs> iframe you're using. But if, you, if they do have that Google Tag Manager, that GTM integration, you can get some of that data back that you wouldn't normally be able to get. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's yeah. talk about KPIs because this is, you know, as a as a marketing professional, this is what we're, you know, following as our true north. And then this is all the information that's going to be reported on at the C-levels. Uh, so what are the top 10 KPIs to measure uh, for your e-commerce SEO performance? Yeah, uh, you know, I... I 
I, I think I, I think everybody's going to have a different answer here. Um, okay. But but uh, I mean, for me, it's it's uh, you know, how many impressions are you getting on Google? Uh, what it what is that amounting to in the amount of clicks that are coming through? What's that click through rate? Um, and then what it you know the the ending one kind of being like what is that revenue that's being generated from organic search? And so those those are kind of like the core that I really like to pay attention to. But then there's other other KPIs that you can look at. Like you can start to like, you know, you you can look at like how optimized is your Google My Business profile, or how complete is your structured data? Like, are you are you missing reviews from your um, product data, or are you missing location from your your business level data? Um, so I, I think there's you know a core set, and everybody's going to want to pay attention to different stuff. But then within each of those individual items, whether it's on-page or off-page optimization, there's some good KPIs to pay attention to there as well. Agreed, agreed, yes, yeah, so, and I would add on to that. So conversion rate's gonna be there, um, organic revenue and transactions, uh, total number of organic conversions, uh, lifetime value, that's something we never talked about. LTV, lifetime value for users that originated from organic. Uh, new versus returning customers. Uh, those are all valuable. And I'm going to actually just pull up. I'm going to actually just pull up Google Search Console so I can show, show everyone this as well. Um, this is where you can actually see the impressions. So if I did last 12 months, or let's just say this is the last three months, this is the number of impressions that I received from Google. And you can see this in your search console. Yeah. Well, one we didn't mention either is your, your average position too. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're really going to see the higher your average position is for keywords, the more impressions you're going to get, the higher click-through rate you're going to get. And then obviously that results in more traffic and more revenue, um, you know, especially for those big keywords like dispensary near me. Uh, you you want to be within that top 10 for average position there. Agreed. Agreed. Let me um, show that again, just so people can see this. Let me actually compare to the previous period. And take a look at this. So you can, so this is just comparing to a previous period. So, you know, previous, uh, for the last three months, we received 1.27 million impressions. And before that, we received 1.1 million impressions. And then this time period, we almost got, you know, we got 69.60 clicks. And before that, we had 67.90. So you can see the uptick in clicks and impressions for quarter over quarter. And then you can see the average click-through rate. Uh, so that's people that see the see your brand and search results, but then click on it. So what percentage of people who see you click on it? And this is 5.5 over the last three, three months. And then before it was 6.2. So there was a slight drop there. And then the average position dropped a little bit. So we were 22 before, and then now we're 25.8. So this is all stuff that you want to measure long-term. Uh, like we said, like SEO is a marathon, more like a triathlon, not a marathon, because uh, there's a lot of legs to it. So just it looked, that it looked like that that example you might have you know started ranking for more keywords because you were getting more impressions 
but some of those new ranking keywords, probably their average position was lower. So that's most likely why the, the click-through rate went down, um, but you were still getting more impressions overall. And more uh, clicks. So, yeah, yeah, and more clicks overall. So like, and then, you know, like it's not every time that your click-through rate goes down is that a bad thing. It could just be, be because you're ranking for new keywords and you have to build up that average position um, so, you know, sometimes your, your graph, sometimes, you know, it might look like it's nice and flat for a minute, but then you'll get a nice bump and then it goes flat again. Um, but that's all part of the, the, the stages of growth there. Yeah. So for example, if you started to rank on the first page of just for dispensary and that gets 10,000 impressions a month, uh, maybe on the, the first month you're at the bottom. So you're not getting that many clicks, but as you start to increase your position, your click-through rate is going to improve uh, with the goal of getting to the number one position, which will get you yield you the most clicks. And there's some studies about that. I think it's like upwards of 70% of all clicks, uh, people click on the first link, and then it's like 10% on the second link, and then it kind of trickles down from there. So if you have the power to uh, really own that first page ranking on the first position, then you're going to get the most traffic by far. So... Just keep that in mind. Uh, last question here. Uh, what do conversion rates look like for menus and what conversion rates, do, what do they look like at, uh, so for a self-hosted versus like an iframe? Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, you know, I think a lot of, you'll see, you'll see a lot of dispensaries say they have conversion rates of like 20 to 30%. Um, that's not always accurate though, because that's usually just for the menu itself. Um, so it's not counting, like let's, I'll, I'll use a send. Um, that's not counting if somebody hit like letsascend.com. It's just counting if they hit letsascend.com slash menu slash location. Um, so you'll, you'll see that kind of, you'll see that number thrown around a lot in, in cannabis, people being like, oh yeah, our, our conversion rate is 20 to 30% and we're killing it. Um, not, not totally accurate. I think more accurate in cannabis, your conversion rate is probably somewhere between like 10% to maybe 20 on the high end, which is still way better than most e-commerce. Uh, most e-commerce, I think, yeah, yeah mo most e-commerce is like 3% conversion rates on average. Uh, but turns out uh, if you're trying to buy cannabis, uh, you, you want to buy, cannabis. you know, if you're searching for cannabis, people want to buy it. Um, yeah. so you see, a, you see a pretty awesome conversion rates in the cannabis world, but you do have to be mindful of how those conversion rates are being calculated. Um, it's, it's, I wouldn't say that it's really a true representation if you're just looking at the menu versus the website as a whole there. Yeah, and I would shoot for 10%. 10% conversion rate is pretty pretty standard. I've seen that across like stores that do a, a great job. And there's some factors that uh, influence conversion rate. Uh, I've worked with some partners that um, in Michigan, actually, that didn't do well. They had like a 1% conversion rate, and it was because of two main things. Their product catalog was like the number of SKUs and number of products available in per category was like 25% that of all their competitors. Wow. And then the second thing was they were charging like 15% more for all the same products. <laughs> so those two factors alone, if you don't have a complete product catalog, 
or if you're not competitive with your prices are going to drive down your conversion rate significantly. Because if I'm in Detroit, I can type in Detroit cannabis dispensary and I can find 10 dispensaries. I can pull up all the menus next to each other and I can find whoever has the best deal, right? So I can do my own price shopping and price comparison and people do that. Uh, you know, I have friends that work at these menu companies like yourself uh, and customers like Tacoma, Washington, they'll go, they'll look at uh, our our partner clear choices up there, but then they'll look at everyone else's in Tacoma's and see who has the best deal, uh, not only in general, but for that day, like who has yeah. daily deals, who has that going on. So that's, it's definitely a factor to keep in mind when uh, working on your SEO strategy. Yeah. Yeah. You have to make sure your, you, you know, your, your menu could be amazing. You could be getting people to click through, but if you're, if you don't have the selection people are looking for, or if you don't have the prices to, to compete, it's all kind of for nothing there. Um, unless you differentiate in other ways and you build that brand loyalty, but that's, that's a whole nother, uh, topic. <laughs> yeah. And then also, I mean, I've seen one thing, uh, that helps with, um, conversion rates is add a live chat to your menu. So if yeah. you have, a uh, someone, a bud tender that can be available. Tons of people are, you know, they're, they're shopping on your, your menu every day. Maybe you'll have like 300 to 500 people come in to make, to pick up their orders. So maybe 5%, 10% of those people, they don't know what they want or they have questions on products uh, to so you know, to save time on phone calls, you can just add a live chat and kind of stream that streamline that whole process. And then people will check out on the online menu instead of having to jump through all these additional hoops to, to make a purchase. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. Um, thank you, Jeremy. This was a, a great session. We covered a lot of ground about you know, owning your data and the, the SEO tactics you need to employ to, to rank your cannabis business uh, and your cannabis e-commerce uh, store on Google and Bing and beyond. Uh, Jeremy, you know, you is the business development manager at Dispense. Can you tell us your social media handles so people can connect with you online? Yeah, um, post them online in the chat too. Just find LinkedIn is where I spend most of my time. Um, Jeremy Johnson, uh, I think if you you might have to search like Jeremy Johnson Dispense to find me. I don't think I have like a, a slug for my LinkedIn there, um, but that's that's where you can find me. Super easy and. I post a lot about SEO and, and how to optimize. Cool. And I just posted that in the live chat if anyone uh, wants to click on that. There you go. Perfect. And thank you again for, for joining the, the Cannabis Marketing Live podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Guillermo Bravo, and this was sponsored by MediaGel. And MediaGel is a cannabis marketing company that helps uh, cannabis brands advertise through SEO, paid search, and programmatic and beyond. So yes, you can advertise cannabis on mainstream media publications yes there's a there's a better alternatives to billboard advertising and all the uh, radio and print advertising uh, that people have done in the past so um, you know definitely look into display advertising and programmatic advertising in ways that you can add this to your marketing mix thank you again everyone yeah thanks for having me Guillermo yeah thanks Jeremy bye bye